Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. Free NFL bets. This is the Flame Tour season. It is brutal. I'm going to be flat out open and honest with everybody. I'm down 22-some units. After Thursday night's disaster by the Ravens, I'm down like 25 units. It's okay, though. We're putting it all on this week. This is betting 101, what not to do. When you're running cold, you're not supposed to pepper the board. And guess what? I'm peppering the board this week, baby, because I love what I'm seeing. So let's get right into it. All right. So if you're first time listening to the channel, I've switched it up. I mean, to the podcast, I've switched it up a little bit. I will go over all of my plays, spreads and teasers first. Then I'll do the player props, and then the very last segment, I'll go over any game that I haven't touched on. So that way you get all my picks, all my winners, who I think is going to win the game, and then also my bets with the spread, picks, and so forth. So without any further ado, let's get right to it. Okay, so my first play, I have to admit, it's an awful line. It's a three-unit play. It's Tampa Bay money line, Pittsburgh Steelers money line. Buffalo Bills money line minus 135. I placed this bet on Tuesday. This is an awful bet looking back on it, guys. Not just because Ben Roethlisberger's out. Not just because Big Ben's out now. Literally just found that out like 30 minutes ago before I started this podcast. So that's great. First three-unit play of the year. The COVID reserve bites Big Ben in the butt literally Saturday night. So yeah, that happened. So that's great. But, I mean, you could have placed this minus 110 yesterday night. I mean, so to, for me to place this at minus 135, I'm actually a little surprised that the line went down on this one. And I've, I mean, I've, I've been wrong on a couple lines this year, and I'm usually pretty good at it. But um, I thought it was only going to go up to minus 150, and I was like, man, I love this bet. I, I just want to play it right now. But that's not the case. Um, I would still play this play, guys. I would still uh, probably put one and a half units on it. I wouldn't do three units. Definitely not. Not with Mason Rudolph playing for the Steelers. So, yeah, I'll just talk about the games real quick. Um, Tampa Bay, uh, they're fully healthy pretty much on defense. Uh, I think Jason Pierre-Paul is going to play. And I actually like Jamel Dean. I liked him last year. I thought he was their. I thought he was actually the best corner, even better than Murphy Bunting. And yeah, I like Jamel Dean. So uh, he's healthy. He's playing. They have enough uh, people on defense. They're coming off the bye week. I actually think that's a negative. But so is Washington. Washington's coming off the bye week. So both of them are coming off the bye week. Washington's confused. They still have Taylor Heineke, a quarterback. I know he. this is like a rematch. This is like the exact same rematch of the wild card game of last year. And Washington had a chance to actually win in the last drive of the game to beat Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay would have never won the Super Bowl. But that didn't happen, and just like this week, uh, that's not going to happen. And Devin White's playing this time. Washington didn't face Devin White last year. So I don't care if Chris Godwin doesn't play. I don't care if Scotty Miller's not going to play. I don't care if Antonio Brown's not going to play. They have enough players to win and get the job done. Tom's going to have these boys focused and ready to win. Uh, let's talk about this nightmare of a situation with Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah. So there's this so-called injured player theory, right, when the starting star player goes down 
the team rallies behind the backup and the team is supposed to play better uh, because they know that everyone needs to step their game up for the backup player. In this case, for the Steelers, I actually like that theory. I like that theory a lot. This is a game where Mike Tomlin usually plays down to his competition and they don't beat the teams they're supposed to beat and so forth. So with Mason Rudolph being in, the defense is going to play even better tomorrow. They're going to be on their P's and Q's, and they're going to make life very miserable for Mr. Jared Goff. And the Pittsburgh defense has faced Jared Goff before uh, when he was with the Rams a couple of years ago and Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, I think, I think Duck Hodges actually started that game. So it might have been Mason when Mason played the Rams at home. I, I don't think so. I think it was Duck Hodges. But anyways... Very funny how it's like a lot of deja vu happening this week. So Pittsburgh, I do believe, will rally behind. The Detroit defense is awful. The Steelers should be able to run the ball even if they load the box, even with their inexperienced offensive line. They should be able to run the ball, and Rudolph is good enough to not mess it up. He could still mess it up, but... I think that Pittsburgh finds a way to win tomorrow. Again, three-unit bet, no way. It's a one or one-and-a-half-unit bet. I would still place this bet. It's minus 110 probably somewhere, and you could put – it might even be plus odds. It might even be even money now. I would put one to one-and-a-half units. I want to put three units on it. Uh, It's not – it's an awful bet by me. Um, You know, looking back because Ben's not playing, then also the line went from 135 to 110. But whatever, we're gonna roll with it. This is the flame, uh, the flame go go up in flames tour. <laughs> That's what this week is, guys. Go up in flames. Either I'm gonna have a third, a fourth consecutive losing week, or and a third consecutive double digit, double unit losing week, or I'm gonna do really well. Regardless, go up in flames tour. We're going to celebrate with a bonfire or we're just going to burn this whole thing down, man. And I'll just only release maybe like two plays that I feel the most confident about every week. So such is life. Let's keep it rolling. Bill's money line. Uh, yeah, not much to say about this. Uh, Mike White starting for the Jets and Buffalo's coming off of that disaster game in Jacksonville. Josh Allen said that he played awful. So you know he's going to step it up this week. You absolutely know he's going to deliver this week. Bills win. They beat the Jets. They probably cover the minus 10 or minus 12, whatever it's at right now. Not even worried about it. Let's move on. Pick number two, another awful line value placement by me on Monday when I placed this bet. Actually, I think I placed this on Sunday. It's Denver minus two and a half. This is a two-unit play. So again, go up in flames tour. I'm putting a lot of units on this week. It's either going to go big or it's just going to, yeah, just go home and don't bet that much for the rest of the season. <laughs> so Denver minus two and a half. I really like this situation. People, I, I don't know why. It's, it's people have an obsession betting Philadelphia. I don't get it. Last year, people were burning their money on Philadelphia. They were burning it. Uh, it was like that three-week stretch. It's like they bet them at home against the Giants. They, or they bet them on the, uh, on the road against the Giants. They lost money. Then they bet them the next week in Cleveland, and they lost money. I bet a little bit on them last year when they played at Cleveland. And then after that, I was like, no, Carson Wentz is a mess. This was his chance to get it right. 
and they couldn't get right. And it's the same situation this year. They beat Detroit, and then they almost were favored last week at home against the Chargers. I played the Chargers. Chargers delivered. Yes, it was a little close, but still. The Eagles are not a well-coached team. That's bottom line. So advantage Denver coaching over Philadelphia on both offense and defense and head coach. Now, the players, right? The matchup. Okay, Denver's run defense is a little shaky. It was incredible. It was like top three in the NFL through the first four or five weeks of the season. And then Cleveland just road graded them, and they've had a bad yards per carry against the last uh, other few opponents that they've played, including last week. I think they gave up like 5.1 to Zeke. And, yeah, I don't know. Denver's run defense is a little shaky. So uh, that's the only concern that I have in this game. Literally the only concern that I have in this game is that if Philly's able to run the ball well, which maybe they could, and they control the game, they don't turn the ball over, and they have they chew up clock, and they and they're able to score touchdowns in the red zone. That would be a disaster. That would be a nightmare. It could happen. I don't think it's going to happen, and this is why I don't think it's going to happen. I think Denver's going to be very sharp because of the bye week. If Denver was not on the bye week, this would not be a two-unit play. Or I mean, if they didn't have the bye week coming up, so they have the bye week next week. And if you know anything about the NFL and sports betting and covering spreads and all that stuff, teams that have the bye week the following week have covered the spread. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're, if they're a home, home favorite, away favorite, home dog, or away dog. It doesn't matter. Collectively, in all those situations, they've been uh, 56% covering the spread since 2010. That's uh, from at Cal Sports on Twitter. At Cal Sports LV on Twitter, I believe. And so, yeah, Denver, guys, Denver, they have confidence. And then you know this week they're saying, guys, I'm not going into the bye week losing. And they're in the midst of a playoff push, okay? They're in the midst of a playoff push. Can you believe that? The Denver Broncos are in the midst of a playoff push. Guess who's not in the midst of a playoff push? The Philadelphia Eagles, guys. Guys, they know Jalen Hurts isn't a good quarterback. The whole defense knows they're not. And the defense has bad linebackers. Their run defense is, it's pretty good, but it can still be run on. And their secondary is not very good. And Darius Slayton's injured. I don't even know if he's playing. It doesn't even matter to me. It doesn't matter if he plays or he's not. Denver has Jerry Judy back. They have two nice running backs that have been running the ball very well. I mean, guys, literally everything goes Denver's way in this game. I mean, just check box, check box, check box, check box, check. Check it all off. Literally, the only thing is that the Eagles might have a little bit better run defense than Denver. That's it. I mean, guys, why does this line, all the Eagles money, I have no idea. I don't understand it. I know there's this whole thing that, like, Denver's supposed to be a public play this week and, and so forth and so forth. Man, I, I mean, you, you're you literally really, really putting your money on the Eagles this week. I mean, guys, in, in mile high, in mile high, on the road, I mean, look, if this one doesn't cover, if this one, if Denver doesn't win this game and cover, then, hey, man, I'm the idiot. Go up in flames tours in full effect. Let's get to the next bet. All right, my third bet. It's another two-unit play. It's a three-leg parlay. Indianapolis Colts money line 
plus the Dallas Cowboys money line, plus the Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, total under 54.5 points. So let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. So there's also this, uh, this these statistics that come out. Teams that have played Thursday night the week before, and they're playing at home the following week, they are usually, and, and they're favored. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm saying this right. So they play uh, Thursday night the week before, they're at home again the next week, and they're favored. They cover that spread, I think, I think 57 to 60% of the time. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident in that. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that there is an edge playing at home after you played Thursday night the week before. I know there's an edge. That extra time, it does you well, and it's not too much time, so there's not um, lag. Okay. Anyways, the Jaguars are riding high right now. They're going to have a lot of confidence, but... Indy is smelling blood in the water with Tennessee right now. Tennessee is riding way too high. So Indy, Indy lost to them twice, so they really need to keep pace with them. So they can't afford to lose this. And the AFC wildcard picture is very murky. The AFC West, Kansas City's in last place. I think Kansas City's going to make the playoffs somehow, some way. The AFC North. It's all clogged up. So Indianapolis needs to keep winning. They can't have a letdown spot. And guess what film they were watching the entire week? They were watching Buffalo blow it up, mess it up. Indy is not going to mess this up. They could. They could. But I like Indy to take care of business somehow, some way. I know that's a very vague handicap. I mean, I, I just like the Indianapolis defense. I like DeForest Buckner. I like Darius Leonard. It's a solid run defense. I don't care that James Robinson's coming back. I don't care. They're pretty good against the run. They should slow that down and then put Trevor Lawrence in passing situations, which is a very good situation. Trevor Lawrence is not confident, confident throwing the ball right now. And... Indianapolis has a pretty good defense. I mean, they're not bad. I mean, I don't, they've, you know, they've confused me a lot this year when they've had leads, especially last Thursday night. They made that one way too interesting. So, I don't know. It could be tight. I like Indy to pull it out. That um, pass defense for the Jaguars is just a mess. So, yeah, I like Indy. I like Frank Reich. I like the whole situation. I like Indy to pull that one out. Dallas money line. Let's talk that one next. Dallas at home against the Falcons. I like the Falcons to keep this one close in the first half, and I like Dallas to make enough plays in the second half to kind of go away with this one and win by a touchdown or so. Uh, the Dallas defense concerns me, right? Uh, Randy Gregory, I believe, is not playing this week or some, somebody on the defense because of something or another. I forgot. I, I forgot the reason. He's not playing or a key player isn't playing. It's not that too key, though. It doesn't concern me that much. It's not changing anything, really. Um, the defense is playing better under Dan Quinn, and they have an identity, right? They have an identity, and they're able to slow teams down a little bit. 
last week they were just, you know, fat and sassy off their win against the Vikings on Sunday Night Football with Cooper Rush. They thought they were going to Dak back. They're going to be focused this week. They lost in Jerry's world. Thanksgiving is coming right, right up around the corner. So this is their last week for a while where they have a nice week, normal schedule. They're not going to want to lose this game, guys. They're better than the Falcons. The Falcons have a bad scheduling spot. They play the Patriots at home for the first time at home since they blew the Super Bowl. Okay, so not a lot of players from the Falcons are on that team anymore, but the fan base still remembers that. Not that there's that many fans that go to it. I mean, to the Falcons games anyways in Atlanta, but you know the Falcons are going to have to hear that. You know they're already hearing that. Okay, they're already hearing that. Even if they didn't even play in that Super Bowl, they're hearing that. So they're a little distracted. Dallas is extremely focused. They're going to get the job done. I like the boys to take care of business in Jerry's world and get the win. Okay, last leg of this parlay. Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers, under 54.5 total points. Uh, 55, I think, is... Let me see. No, I think 54 is actually a more key number than 55. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong on that. It doesn't really matter. I really only look up to uh, 51 and 52 when I'm looking for under. So to get anything above 51 or 52 is just icing on the cake. Uh, Philip Walker, P.J. Walker, the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. Cam Newton's not uh, playing this week. It's, it's going to be P.J. Walker. But even if Cam Newton plays, it doesn't change it. I mean, I mean, P.J. Walker might actually be a better quarterback to play than Cam Newton. I mean, guys, Cam Newton has not shown anything in like four years that he's worth playing or lighting up the scoreboard in, in this case. So even if Cam like comes off the bench in the second half for some weird reason, I'm not worried about it at all. I think, it's, I think it might actually be an, an advantage um Arizona let's talk about them if Kyler plays not worried about it and this is why I love both of these two defenses right now the Cardinals defense keeps getting better and better and I could see them kind of having a letdown spot but that works in our favor too there's so many outs uh, for this bet to win the under 54 and a half I kind of just like under 44 and a half I thought about taking that but um, I don't have the stomach for that I just like watching comfortably the bets hit comfortably so if Kyler plays I don't think he does that well against this defense this defense rushes the quarterback very well Kyler's ankle will not be 100% tomorrow, even if he does play. They say if he's able to play at a high level, he'll play. So his ankle might feel really good, but it's still not going to be 100%. Carolina blitzes, and they blitz from every which way. They're going to get home on Kyler Murray if he plays. They're going to confuse Colt McCoy if he plays. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I, I think both of these defenses – really stifled the other offense. Uh, Shaq Thompson's back for Carolina. That cannot be uh, any more underrated and how important he is to that Carolina Panthers defense. And then they added Stephon Gilmore 
into the mix as well. And he had an interception last week. So Carolina's defense is back. They're relatively healthy, and they're playing really well. So I like them to hold Arizona down. Arizona defense, secondary is very good. The run defense isn't that good. But, hey, if Carolina's run the ball, again, uh, eating up more clock. I love that play, guys. That's one of my most confident plays of the week. Honestly, if you want to take the Pittsburgh, if you want to, if you want to do a three-unit play, do a Tampa Bay money line, Arizona Cardinals and Carolina Panthers under 54 and a half and the Bills money line. Do that. Make, make that a three-unit play. I love that so much. Okay, next play is another two-unit play for the Go Up in Flames tour. It is KC plus seven and a half. Kansas City Chiefs, if you don't know what KC means. Atlanta, plus 17 and a half. And Minnesota Vikings, plus 14 and a half. This was minus 115 on the River Sportsbook. Sorry, uh, the, the last bet was uh, it was plus money. It was plus 102 on MGM. And so, yeah, let's get back to this bet. Kansas City Chiefs, plus seven and a half. I, I'm not going to lie. This one, uh, the, the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are scary, right? The Chiefs scare people this year, rightfully so. They're not clicking on offense, and their defense was bad until they got Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed back, and, and, I mean, Charvarius Ward back a couple weeks ago, right? Now the Chiefs' defense is kind of finding their groove, and they're not playing Daniel Sorensen anymore. So the Chiefs are playing better on defense. They are. So that makes me feel better about taking Kansas City plus 7.5. I, just don't, I still don't feel amazing, but honestly, Kansas City's already no-showed twice and once on primetime, okay? They didn't show up at home against the Bills. They played awful. Then, the following week, they had their worst offensive performance in the Patrick Mahomes era, okay? They're going to Las Vegas now to play the Raiders. I think there's going to be a lot of points in that one. I think both teams are going to be able to keep it close, and I think that Kansas City does win this game. That's my hunch. That's my hunch. I, I really don't know, though. I really don't know. I could see Las Vegas winning this game. I could. But when it's all said and done, Kansas City has too much pride. They want to find their offensive groove. If for some reason they're down 14 points with two minutes to go or, or four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they will have pride, they will go down the field, and they will get a touchdown. And Las Vegas's defense will let them get a touchdown. I see that as worst-case scenario for that game. I just do. I, I, I don't see Kansas City losing by more than seven. That would be really, really surprising. Not shocking because of what Kansas City's done this season, but that would still be really, really surprising. Okay, next play. Atlanta, plus 17 and a half. So if you listen to my Thursday uh, football podcast, then you know I had Atlanta plus 15 and a half and a two-team teaser with the Baltimore money line. This is the go-up-in-flames tour, everybody. Baltimore money line did not hit home on Thursday night because they did not get off the bus and they let a more hungry team win. 
And that's how football goes. It's situational. I mean, a, a lot of these bets, guys, when you're making these bets, don't think of the matchup. Don't think of talent versus the other talent. I, I mean, I'm telling you, literally more times than not, it is the situation, the scheduling spot. I mean, I think that's as important as the actual talent matchup, the situational spot. Just like I talked about with Denver, Denver has the bye next week. If Denver wasn't on the bye next week, that changes my whole entire thought process on this game. I could see it being a flat spot for Denver, but I don't see it being a flat spot for Denver for that point. Same for this situation, right? Um, Atlanta. It's a potential flat spot, but they're actually in the thick of the playoff spot run. They're, they're, they're actually the seventh spot in the playoffs. You know they're telling um, that to the, to the Falcons. You know Arthur Smith's telling that to his team this week. That they battled back, and now they're in the seventh spot. And now add in the fact that Atlanta got embarrassed last year in Dallas. Okay, this is a rematch of that game. They got embarrassed last year. They blew up like a 28-point lead or something. It's crazy. And they gave up an onside kick and all that stuff. So a lot of that team is still on this year's current team. So Atlanta's going to come out and give a good effort. I feel confident in that. And Dallas's defense is not good. So Atlanta and Arthur Smith, they'll be creative enough to move the ball and put points on the board. They're not going to lose by 18 points or more, guys. That's just crazy. If they do, I would be really surprised. I mean, this is another one. If you if you want to put in a three-unit teaser, I mean, and you want to take out a Pittsburgh money line and you want to put in, in Atlanta plus 17.5, throw that in with Tampa Bay and the Buffalo Bills. I love that one, too. Make make that a two-unit or two-and-a-half-unit play. Um yeah, Atlanta Atlanta's going to not lose by 18 or more. I know it. Arthur Smith is too creative on offense. Even without Calvin Ridley, he's shown he can move the ball and put points on the board. That's really the play. That's really all it is, guys. I mean, I'm not I mean, I know Dallas is going to play well. I already got two units on Dallas to win. Now I'm picking Atlanta two units not to lose by 18. It's going to fall in the middle somewhere. Some, somewhere in there is going to fall in the middle. So, yeah, let's uh, move on to Minnesota plus 14 and a half. The Vikings at the Chargers. If the Chargers had a better run defense at all, then this would be a no play. Couldn't do it. But since the Chargers struggled to score the ball in the red zone, that's number one. They've been struggling majority of the season to put the ball in the end zone and also just the strange you know analytical decision making by Brandon Staley to go for every fourth down ever is also a concern for the Chargers and yeah I mean those all those three things the red zone scoring for the Chargers the decision making by Brandon Staley and then the Chargers run defense. And then, oh, by the way, the Chargers secondary is just a little bit banged up. Just a touch. I think they get Asante Samuel Jr. back this week. So it, it's better. It's better. 
But still, for the Vikings to lose by 15 or more, I think all of their games this season have been decided by a touchdown or less. So I I think they keep this close. I think Minnesota's definitely a live dog. I think they have a really good chance of winning this game. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. I, I think that um, I, the Vikings have one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL this year. So they're creating... Safe passes off of play action. It's the Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan offense from the Denver Broncos in the 90s. Okay, that's what it is. They run the ball well with Dalvin Cook and Madison, and then they do bootlegs and play action, which creates easy throws down the field. Minnesota can move the ball, guys. That's the play on this play. And the defense, it's not very good this year. It's, it's okay. It's a, it's, it, it does okay at times. I think it'll do okay at times tomorrow. Bottom line, Vikings aren't losing by more than uh, 15. I, I really don't think so. That's why this is a two-unit play all around. Um, if I had to pick a winner, I guess I would pick the Chargers. Uh, there's a nice quote by Justin Herbert this week saying that, you know, this isn't the same Chargers team. Um, they're for real this year, yada, yada, yada. You like to hear that stuff. It sounded like he really meant it. So I'll take the Chargers in a close one. Okay, next play. One unit play. It's Pittsburgh Steelers, Detroit Lions, team total total game under 51.5 total points. Green Bay Packers plus 7.5 and, and the Arizona money line. It's minus 133 on Caesars Sportsbook. I hate that I'm taking minus 130 juice. Um... Yeah, I really do. I'm not happy about it, but I like this one to hit, even with Colt McCoy playing. So we've already touched on that game a little bit. I think that game could be close. Um, I do, but Colt McCoy is better than P.J. Walker. He can manage the game better than P.J. Walker. In a close game, I still like Arizona to pull that one out. Um Pittsburgh, Detroit, under 51.5. Now that Big Ben's not playing, the Steelers defense is really going to rally behind Mason Rudolph. And the Steelers will look to run the ball if they ha- if and when they have the lead. They're not going to look to blow them out. They're just not. It's not going to be Tomlin's philosophy. Tomlin, just like Bill Cowher, when he has a lead in the, sec- in the second half, he likes to bleed the clock and run the ball and play defense and run the ball. And that's it. That's what it will do. That's what that's what will happen. And Detroit's not going to be able to move the ball against the motivated Pittsburgh defense trying to rally behind Mason Rudolph. So under 51 and a half. I love that play, honestly, guys. That That's like a one and a half unit play, that that one. Put, find other two uh, things to parlay that with, and I like that one a lot. Green Bay plus seven and a half. I don't care that Aaron Rodgers hasn't practiced all week with the team for two weeks, essentially, for two weeks. Uh, but he's Aaron Rodgers. They, I mean, he's thrown to all these guys on the field for a long time. He's been throwing the ball in his backyard or whatever the whole week. I know he has. So his arm will be ready. He'll be fresh. He's had the virtual game plan. Um, I mean, him and Devontae Adams' chemistry is unreal. So, yeah, I mean, they might be a little rusty at first, but, I mean – so might the Seahawks. So I like Green Bay to win this game outright. I think it might be a close contest. They might only win by three. Uh, they're gonna be Seattle's gonna be excited to have Russell Wilson back, but I like Green Bay to win that one. Worst case scenario, 
uh, if Green Bay's down two scores in the fourth quarter. By that time, they will have gotten their chemistry and rust off from Aaron Rodgers being gone that long. I like them not to lose by eight. Okay, so, yeah, we talked about that. that that's cool. It's a one-unit play. All right, next two plays are half-unit plays. It's just plays I've kind of, you know, run the numbers and, and all the, you know, modeling that I do from last year that's worked for me a lot, really well last year. It's not necessarily working well for me this year, but I, I kind of dissected a lot of things that's gone wrong this year, and I've corrected them this week in particular. So all these plays that I've played this week, I have corrected um, and really strictly gone over each situation and made sure that I am putting together a good bet, uh, a bet I feel very confident in. So yeah, these uh, next two plays, let's just go over them quickly. I've basically already touched on them. Kansas City, Las Vegas over 42.5 with Buffalo, New York Jets under 57.5 and, and Cleveland, New England under 55.5. This was plus 103 on Caesars. So these three totals, I've already talked about Kansas City and Las Vegas. Um, I like them to trade punches last year. Both of their games went over 60 points. I like I like them to score points in this one. Uh, that's just, you know, keep it simple. 23-20, I could see worst case, basically. Uh, Kansas City winning 23-20 over Las Vegas. 23-21, still gets over 42.5. Buffalo, New York. This is a sneaky under, guys. And this one, I mean, it could blow up in my face, and that's why it's a half-unit play. I like the Jets to be motivated at home and to play hard especially in the red zone. They will probably bend a lot, but I don't think they'll break a ton, right? Maybe they give up 30 points. Maybe. That could happen. Um, maybe they give up 35 points. That could happen too. But the Buffalo defense has been playing very well this, for the, um, in, in spots this year against lesser competition. They're facing Mike White. Mike White has played well at times, but honestly, he hasn't played that great, guys. I mean, even against Cincinnati. Yeah, he threw for all the yards, but he got bailed out by a by a bad penalty call. And then also, he threw two interceptions against the Bengals. So, I mean, he's, he's not amazing, guys. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. He's, he's not that good yet. He could be good, but right now he's just not. He's not polished. And he's got this middle finger, index finger strain, tendon, or whatever he's got, and, and he's going to play this week. Josh Johnson's the backup. Bottom line, guys, Buffalo's defense is really good. I don't see New York scoring more than 20 points in this game. And that means Buffalo would have to score 38 points if the Jets scored 20. They could, but, I mean, that again, that's like worst-case scenario, in, in my opinion. I, I don't think this game gets over 58. I just don't see it. See a motivated Jets defense off of 12 days rest after getting embarrassed on Thursday night football and almost giving up 50 points under Robert Sala. They're going to be motivated to play well this week, guys, even if they give up 30. It's going to be a hard-fought 30 for the Bills, and then the Bills defense is good. So, And they're motivated as well, too, because they lost last week. I think that's an under. I, I think, 
man, maybe I should just play the half unit under 47, under 48 uh, straight up, but whatever. Uh, last play, Cleveland, New England under 55 and a half. New England plays on Thursday night at Atlanta. I don't think it means too much to this game. Maybe it might if they're up by two scores or one score in the fourth thir- in the third quarter. They might really look to pound the rock, um, even though they, they don't have Damian Harris or most likely Ramondre Stevenson. They won't have him either. So it's going to be uh, Brandon Bolden. But anyways, so yeah, that's happening. So New England's going to be pretty conservative, I think. And then Cleveland... Um, without Chubb and Felton, their two running backs, they'll have Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson's fine. He's a really good running back. But still, with that, Cleveland's really going to look to control the game. I think New England's going to look to control the game. I really don't see many fireworks in this one, guys. I like this to stay under 55 and a half. Um, so, yeah, that's a half-unit play. I feel pretty good about that one, actually. The, the last half-unit play... Las Vegas plus 10.5. I've already spoken on that game. I think they trade blows. I think they keep it close. Seattle plus 10.5. I've already spoken about that game. I like Russ and the boys uh, to put up a hard fight against Green Bay. Um, keep it close. And then Atlanta-Dallas over 42.5. I've touched on that as well. I like Atlanta to score on that bad Dallas defense. I like Dallas to give a, a concentrated focus effort and go out there and score points and win the game. So that's all, excuse me, that is all of my picks for spread, excuse me guys, sorry, for the spreads and teasers and parlays. I have two player props this week. The two player props are this. First is a one and a half unit play. It's Antonio Gibson under 46 and a half rushing yards. Uh, This should really be a two unit play. I don't know what I'm thinking, honestly. And the reason is this. They're going against the best front seven in the NFL. You could argue the Saints. You could argue the Saints. I'm still riding with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay stops the run better than anybody, in my opinion. Again, other than maybe the Saints. They have everybody healthy. Most likely Pierre Paul plays. We've already spoken about that. So that's working in our favor. The other thing that's working in our favor is the game script. I like Tampa Bay to blow them out or win comfortably and control the game. So Washington is not going to be able to run the ball or or they're not going to be able to run the ball because they're going to have to pass and try to play catch up. The third thing, and the thing I really just like the most about this play is Jarrett Patterson out-touched had more rushing attempts, the third string running back, than Antonio Gibson did last week or two weeks ago in Denver. So that's working. And he ran, he's been running well, Jared Patterson. And then also, guys, also, Antonio Gibson is battling a little shin problem. He's been limited practice the last month, I think, with this shin problem. Okay, so all those four things going against this, like, I mean, guys, if he gets over 46 and a half yards rushing against this team in this situation, I mean, I feel comfortable losing in that situation because, I mean, there's like so many things working against this play. I mean, there's no way this should be 46 and a half yards rushing, not against this defense, 
Not in this situation. No way. Okay. Next play. Cordero Patterson over 83 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. This is minus 115 on DraftKings. So was uh, Antonio Gibson. That was minus 115 on DraftKings. Okay, so Cordero Patterson plays for the Falcons. And I was going to look for look to just take his receiving yards. But Dallas's run defense is not very good. And I know Arthur Smith wants to run the ball in his heart. He even ran the ball a lot last week against the Saints, and he knew that it wasn't going to work. But he, he runs the ball because he wants to keep defenses honest. That's the way his offense works. He wants to run the ball. He's not going to abandon the run. So that means Cordero Patterson will get 9 or 10 carries uh, tomorrow in Dallas. He will, for sure. It's like a fact. So with that said, I mean, he's probably going to rush over 4 yards a carry against that Dallas defense. So that's close to 40 yards rushing, okay? And then I think he's going to get over 50 yards receiving. Um, I mean, he's the second or first option in that passing game, and they're going to be down, they're going to be behind, and Dallas gives up a lot of uh, passing yards too. Um, I mean, Cordero Patterson's really a wide receiver. He's not really a running back, uh, you know, going out for passes. So, so yeah, guys, um, I think it's a big dose of Cordero Patterson tomorrow. I like that play a lot. That's why I took uh, the rushing receiving combined. Cordero Patterson, big day tomorrow. I like it. Okay, so that's um, that's everything, guys. Let me see about the uh, games I didn't talk about. Let me see here real quick. NFL lines. Vegas. Okay, Vegas NFL odds. I think I touched on every game. Let's see. Jacksonville Indy, Cleveland New England, Atlanta Dallas, Buffalo New York. Oh, New Orleans Tennessee. I, I didn't touch on this game. So I like New Orleans to keep this one close. If you if you follow me enough, you know I think that Tennessee's phony, and they they are they're, they're the most phony seven and two team ever. Um, I think New Orleans could upset them. I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I guess I'll pick the upset and go New Orleans. I think it does stay under forty four points. Um, I like both defenses to kind of throw punches at the offenses. Um, let's see. I've talked about every other game. Oh, Los Angeles Rams and the, and the 49ers. So Robert Woods is out, right, with the torn ACL. Um, doesn't really mean too much to me. I, this screams a San Francisco spot. I know Los Angeles lost on Sunday Night Football last week, and they have a bye week next week. But, man, San Francisco has not won a home game in over a year. I mean, ah, this, is, this, this screams a San Francisco spot. But I haven't bet this game, and there's a reason. I, I don't know. I have no idea, guys. I mean, I, I would lean Los Angeles to win the game, but I think it's a San Francisco spot, and I could see San Francisco pulling the upset here at home. I really could. Um, I think Los Angeles is far and away the better team. And they should win, but I don't know. I think San Francisco could give a really gutty effort. And, yeah, that's why I'm not touching that game at all. So that's it, everybody. That's the show. Uh, Go Up in Flames tour is officially a go. We're going to celebrate with a huge bonfire tomorrow night. Or 
we are going to just burn this whole season down to the ground and it's going to be a 30 unit losing season and I'll only release like two plays a week going forward that I'll actually play and I'll give out all the rest of my bets that I would have played if I hadn't blown up my bankroll. So yeah, guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. Show a like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. And I will still be doing podcasts every week. So yeah, update on that. Even if I have an awful week this week, I'll still do a podcast every week for the rest of the season. So that way you kind of get what I'm thinking. And hey, you want to fade my plays? Maybe you'll make money that way. So thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll see you on next week's episode.